Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. We're going to be talking about a phenomenon that many times is hard to allow yourself to realize. Some parents can't love. And it's not your fault if you had those parents. It's really important to understand that some parents can't love. We're not going to get into the reasons why. We all know about hijackals by now. And if you don't know about hijackals, I have over 700 videos to help you. So you can find that information. But it's really important to know that some parents can't love And that's just the bottom line of it. It has nothing to do with you. You could stand on your head and spit nickels forever, and they would never give you a second glance. Or you wouldn't do it well enough. Or there's somebody who does it better or longer. You know, some mothers fail the mom test, and some fathers never live up to the dad title. Because they don't have love to give. They have uses for you. You've heard me say that so many times. Hijackals may not have love to give you, but they definitely have uses for you. And if you were born to a hijackal parent, where you're useful is to make them look good, to validate them, and to be at their beck and call. They want you to support them. They want you to agree with them. They want you to promote them. They want you to make them proud. They want to be able to put you down. Those are uses for you, but that's not love. And if you didn't experience love, maybe the things I'm going to share with you tonight are going to help you. I'm going to share 12 surefire signs that a parent was emotionally unavailable and what you could have seen. And if you haven't already realized that your parent is a hijackal, then allow yourself to think about it. It has nothing to do with you. You're allowed to observe how people are, what they do, observe their behaviors, give a description of their behaviors. That doesn't mean you're criticizing them. You're simply saying, these things happened. These things didn't happen. They gave me this. They didn't give me this. Those are facts. We don't have to get deeply into their psychological processing or their emotional lives. Although sometimes it's helpful after you understand that you were parented by a hijackal, which can leave you at a great deficit. I know that because I had two hijackal parents, and lucky me, I'm an only child. 
So, of course, I'm deeply interested in this. Yes, of course, I was deeply affected by them. And I wanted to help other people as I had to help myself because there was so little help for me at the time, which is why I do this work and why I'm so glad you're here, because learning these things and really coming to recognize that it has nothing to do with who you were and who you are. That's up to you now as an adult. Who you are is up to you. But if you know what was put into your foundation and you haven't thought about it deeply, I hope this episode will help you do that. Because, you know, if you had one of these parents, it was really hard to buy a greeting card for Mother's Day or Father's Day, wasn't it? Did you buy a greeting card for the mother or father you really wished you had? And you thought that would really please them and maybe they'd like you for a hot minute? Or did you get to the place that I got to? How can I buy a card that says, I hope you have a nice day because I already know it's all about you. (laughs) So very, very difficult. And you know, it's a big myth that getting pregnant makes you a mom. It may make you a mother. Or getting someone pregnant makes you a dad. No, it makes you a biological material contributor. It is who you are that makes a mom or dad. (laughs) So we may have mothers and fathers, but did we have those moms and dads that we were longing for, the one who was happy we were here? You know, the episode called Worthy, Wanted, and Welcome. Did they make you feel worthy, wanted, and welcome? Hijackals can't. And they won't. So that might be an episode that would help you too. Because just the fact of being biologically able to procreate does not give these maternal and paternal um, attributes. It isn't natural to some people. And so it's really wise of us to realize it just wasn't available to us. You know, I've said so many times, you can't give a gift you don't have. If a parent doesn't have love within them, they can't give it. It had nothing to do with to whom. They just didn't have it to give. So maybe that could give you a little moment of relief, that it had nothing to do with me. It was all about them and what they were going through, what they were thinking, what they were expecting, what they were hoping, what they wish hadn't happened. And when you can get in touch with that, sometimes you can get a little breathing room to say, boy, if that's the case, maybe the things that they told me about me are not true. And this is the beginning of saying, go into my past, hijackle. Now, of course, because we were quite aware of those hijackle behaviors long before we had full brain development, We may not realize the impact they've had on our life and our relationships. We may even find ourselves in a relationship with a hijackal, and that would be perfectly normal. It really would. It follows exactly on the pathway. And why? Because you've been groomed by a hijackal to select a hijackal partner that you may not even like but they're familiar somehow. They make you feel okay. It feels like this is the way it's supposed to be. 
Yeah, sure, they do the whole love bombing thing and make it seem like it's going to be even better than it ever was. But there is this underlying feeling of this is all I deserve. This is the way it is for me. This is my lot in life. And you get kind of worn down by that. So we're not supposed to tell the truth about these hijackal parents. Have you noticed that? Um, the world kind of mitigates against that. You say, you know, well, my mother or father was abusive. And I say, oh, how dare you talk about your parents like that? Now, it's a little more enlightened these days. But back when I was a teenager and I talked about my parents, that was inevitably the response. Well, you ungrateful girl, how dare you talk about your parents like that? Well, how did you get the word out? How did you get any help? How did you get anybody to notice your suffering? You weren't supposed to. Because, of course, hijackles paint a public picture of perfection and at home provide a private place of pain. So they look bright and shiny on the outside when they're with people. And then they are these creatures in your home when there's nobody looking. So it's a very important thing to recognize. So let yourself release any idea that you are not allowed to criticize a parent because we're not really criticizing them. We are telling the truth about them. We are giving facts. And those people that put you down when you say anything disparaging about your part, your parents, that you're ungrateful or all of that, um, just know that they had the wool pulled over their eyes or they were the flying monkeys of the hijackals, the ones who stayed true to the hijackals, not wanting the hijackal to turn on them. You know, in my family, both my mother's family and my father's family were died in the wool hijackals. Now, because I made up the term hijackals, they may have wool. So don't worry about that. But, you know, I made up this term hijackal so that we wouldn't get into diagnostic territory, that we could all talk about people who share certain patterns, traits, cycles that are relentlessly difficult. And they are there looking for power, status and control over us. That's what a hijackal is. And if that relates to the person you have in mind, then think of them as a hijackal that can help. Now, we're not going to engage a mother or father bashing. There's just no point in that. That's for the therapeutic opportunities I hope you avail yourself of. And know that you can always come and talk to me at any time if um, if you know that you want one-on-one help because you can just go to beaclient.com, beaclient.com and avail yourself of my new client one-hour session for only $97. And we can talk about the things going on in your life. But we're not going to engage in being all critical about them. We are going to realize the effect that they had on us and know then that our work is to do something different, to be in a different relationship with ourselves and to check out the relationships in which we currently find ourselves And what are we putting up with? What are we appreciating? Or what do we want no more of? Or what do we want more of? So you missed receiving the good parts in parenting. Hijackal parents don't have it to give. So you missed some of the good parts. Or maybe you got little snippets of good parts, and I hope you did. And you have some happy memories. And then notice 
if you blew those out to be, oh, well, I remember the good times, even though the proportion of good times was significantly lower than, than the proportion of difficult times. That's a sign that you were in an emotionally abusive relationship with a parent, is that you've, you've holding on to a few good times, and the rest of the times either you can't remember or they're too painful. Once you start looking at this, you can really help yourself to grow. You can really help yourself to escape the hijackal trap. That's the name of one of my books. Escape the hijackal trap. Leave it, see it behind, and leave it behind right? It's not easy. I won't even pretend it's easy, but you deserve it. You deserve that investment in yourself to say, I'm going to recreate myself without any hijackal telling me who I am. Because they were probably very good, if you had the good parts, at providing those good parts where other people could see them, so that other people would go, oh, look, isn't that a beautiful family? Or isn't that a wonderful opportunity the hijackal parent is providing? And so it looked really good. And, and you, you liked it a lot because you got a glimmer of what you wanted to feel from mom and dad. But mostly, no, it was going to be go home and everything was going to change and not for the good. Now, I did an episode on the fear of rejection that you're likely to have if you had a hijackal parent or a hijackal partner. And so that's worth listening to. I'm not going to talk about it a lot in this episode. But <clears throat> you could have gone into a fear of rejection because of the hijackal parent. We're hardwired to want those giants that brought us home from the hospital, we're hardwired to please them, to figure them out as soon as possible so they'll feed us and they'll give us clean clothes and a dry environment and take care of our needs and want to hold us and carry us around because we can't move. So we're hardwired for that. And you may have gone that way and been a, been afraid of rejection. And you may have become a bit of a people pleaser as a result. Or a part of you is very concerned about other people's opinions of you, more importantly than your own opinions of yourself. Or you might have gone in the other direction. Who cares? I'm tough. I don't need anybody. I'll figure it out. I've always made it on my own and I'll continue to make it on my own. If there's a part of you inside that really thinks that, I don't need anybody, that's usually a sign that you had some emotional abuse from your parents. And that's a big deal. <laughs> they, If they didn't have the ability to love or the willingness to give anything that looked like love, you can end up with that hard exterior. I don't ask anybody for anything. Nobody cares anyway. And if that's a tape that runs in your head, notice it in this episode. Notice it and say, do I still choose that? Is that really going to be my basic operating system? And do I want to keep it if it is my basic operating system right now? Because you don't have to. You know, you can go to beaclient.com and we can talk. Or you could come on over to my Emerging Empowered um, community and be a member over there and participate in all the discussion forums and the three monthly group calls with me. There's one coming up almost every week. 
And that's all part of your membership. So you can learn so much there. And members get gifts all the time of new material. So much there for you. So come on over to joinintoday.com. All right, so let's go on with this. When parents reject you, or it feels like they did, it kind of, Susan Forward wrote a book, and she said this, it kind of creates a whole bunch of potential fault lines below the surface of your life. Now, that's quite an image, isn't it? It kind of sets you up with these potential fault lines, places you could crack, places where things could fall apart, places where Teutonic shifts could occur. And she called it an emotional earthquake zone. And we can feel like that, right? I felt like I lived in an emotional earthquake zone as I reflect on my childhood. Like you never knew what was going to happen. You're always tense. You're always checking them out. What kind of a mood are they in? Did they have a drink? Uh, Where have they been? Uh, Was it better before they came home? How can I get away? (laughs) You know, all kinds of things that put you into hypervigilance because you know you need the giants to survive, but you don't want their wrath or you don't want their dismissiveness. So we do live in an emotional earthquake zone and you hold the pain in sometimes you tamp it down and you feel like you shouldn't criticize those people who gave you life. I'm going to give you permission to talk about the actual facts and your feelings around how you lived with a hijackal parent. It's okay. You can say what you felt. That's your story. You're entitled to your story. We're not going to bash the parents. We're going to talk about our story. You know, I was an original latchkey kid. My parents didn't want to come home. My mom worked. She didn't want to come home either. I was lonely. Maybe you were that kid too. Only child, nobody coming home. You go home to an empty house and and you're, you're kind of lost, you know, My parents were scary, so my friends didn't want to come over, and they weren't allowed in the house when my parents weren't there, of course, so it was lonely. Did you experience that? Because this is important stuff. And sometimes you just feel kind of, you hold the pain in, like I said, you tamper it down because you kind of feel ashamed that my parents... They're supposed to love their kids. They're supposed to be pleased with their kids. They're supposed to want to be with their kids. They're supposed to want to support their kids. And mine don't. It's kind of ashamed. Like, what's wrong with my family? What's wrong with me that they treat me that way? And therefore, what's wrong with my family? Or then you personalize it. So what's wrong with me? Am I not living up to their standards? Am I not good enough? Am I not worth it? Am I not welcome? Am I not wanted? Well, in my case, and I'm telling you a lot about my life, my parents were both open about it, but my mother very vocal about it. I never wanted kids. It was your father's idea. That's pretty clear. Don't have to wonder about that one. Maybe you had that experience. Or maybe another reason you tamp it down within you is you second guess your story or your memory and you wonder, was I too sensitive? Did I remember it correctly? Was there something wrong with my memory? Was my parent right 
when they told me that I was foolish or that I was dumb or that I didn't know what was going on or it was all my fault. And you start to second guess yourself. Was I asking too much to want to have parents who liked me? Big questions. So whatever happened in your parents' life may be able to be understood by you when you hear the story, but you need to be understood too. And that's your work, to understand yourself, to understand how you acquired your self-concept, your self-image, your self-esteem, your idea of how the world works, how relationships work. And then you start working with that. How did this happen? And then you're on your journey to emerging empowered. And you begin to think, I'm flawed, rather than maybe the situation was flawed. And it might have damaged that self-concept or self-esteem or self-image. Maybe your parent was just unable to love, and it had nothing to do with it. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Your parents' inability to give you love had nothing to do with you. (sighs) Take that in. Take it in. Your parents' inability to show you love had nothing to do with you. That's a big, big realization, and it's the big first essential step. Because as I said earlier, they bring us home from the hospital and we need those giants to survive and we try to keep those giants happy or we turn away from the giants and don't expect anything and all that brain development, nerve development, all that's going on. And then we take in who we are and we get busy after that. We get busy getting out of the house going to kindergarten, going to school, living up to their expectations, trying to follow some interest, trying to be seen as a good person in one way or the other, or be the center of attention because you're not getting any. All kinds of things can happen. So I'm going to give you 12 general signs. You don't need to have all of them. 12 general signs that you had an emotionally abusive parent. Now, you know if you had a physically abusive parent or a sexually abusive parent, but did you know if you had an emotionally abusive parent? So I hope this helps you. The first one is the sign. Remember, we're talking about the parent now. The first one is they're critical of you. They're critical of you just to exert power. It has nothing to do with you. They just want to make you feel small. They just want to make you feel that they have some power to control you. And so that's going to show up as critical, 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 judgment, critical, critical judgment. And you're going to internalize them and get them in your head criticizing you because that's what you heard so much. And the second thing is that abusive parents don't care about your wants or your needs or your feelings. They only care about their needs being met. And so they become dismissive. So why do I need to know that? What what do you want? Why do you want to why do you want to cuddle? Why are you standing there? Don't you have anything else to do? You know, they don't care about your wants. They don't really see you. They just see you as a nuisance or an object where they can get validation. The third way is that they will be passive aggressive. 
That means that they pretend to care, but when push comes to shove, they don't show up. They'll make you a promise to get you off their back in a moment, and then they'll break that promise with, hey, who, what made you think I was going to do that for you? Silly you. And they turn it back on you. That's very confusing to a child. I've written two books on passive aggression. So when you go to emergingempower.com, you'll see the store and you can do that. Or you can go to Amazon. They're all there, including the um, audiobooks. So I've written two books on passive aggression. One of them is called Stop That's Crazy Making, How to Quit Playing the Passive Aggressive Game. And the other is called The Hijackal Trap, The Hidden Anger of Passive Aggression. So if you don't understand that term, you can go there or you can go again to the website, emergingempower.com. And you'll see under the free things, the checklist is Am I with a passive-aggressive person? There's also one, am I with it in a toxic relationship? So you might want to check those out. They're free. So go to emergingempower.com. So we've had three. The abusive parent is critical of you. They don't care about your needs and wants. And they're passive-aggressive. Now, number four is they're unexpectedly unpredictable. They're moody. You never know who you're going to get. You never know quite who's walking through the door. And you kind of find yourself checking out. You become hypervigilant. Good day, bad day. Okay to talk. Better to go to my room. Expect dinner. Don't expect dinner. All of that's going on in your mind, right? So they'll be moody. Or they work on Susan Forward's model from, from her book, Emotional Vampires, a long time ago. Um And our emotional blackmail, sorry. And she talks about fog. And that's an acronym for working on fear, obligation, and guilt. They will try to push those on you. If they can't win by making you afraid of them, then they will try to uh, make you feel obligated. You should, should, should do what I want. If you were a good person, if you cared, if you wanted to go to school tomorrow, or guilt, you're terrible. You're supposed to take care of your parent. You're supposed to do what I want. And you keep showing up short. So they will fog you. Fear, obligation, guilt. And I thank Susan Ford for that one because I think it's so clear. Number six. I hope these are resonating with you. And you may go back and listen to these again and do some journaling to see, yeah, that was really there. Number six is they will be overly anxious and needing to be taken care of all the time. You should you should do things for me. You should take care of me. You shouldn't ask me for anything. I have a headache. How dare you come into my room and ask me if there's dinner when I am reading my book, right? You should take care of them. It's what I call upside-down parenting. Healthier humans parent by knowing that they need to take care of the needs of their children. Hijack co-parents parent upside down. They think their children are there to meet their needs. So they keep expecting you to meet their needs on every level. And you're a little kid. You can't do it. You don't even know those needs exist. Yours aren't being met. You have no clue. And that's an episode for another time about how they expect you to be able to meet their emotional needs when you've never had emotional needs met. 
it's a big conundrum, isn't it? And it could have happened to you. And it's sad when you really get in touch with it. It's sad. You had no way to do it. And yet they made you wrong for not doing it. That's totally upside down. So number seven, drum roll, the silent treatment. Emotionally abusive parents give their kids the silent treatment. I'm not speaking to you. You're too demanding. Why did I bother having you? Why did I bring you into this world? And it's awful for a kid because then you start groveling for their attention, start begging for their attention, or apologizing for things that you didn't do in order to get them to forgive you and talk to you or touch you or feed you or give you what a healthy parent would. Or you cower, trying to be invisible. You learn to be invisible because the silent treatment could come. And then you would be invisible. And you'd feel invisible. And you'd feel like you didn't matter. And it's true. When you have a hijackal parent, you don't matter unless you're making them feel good. It's sad. It's sad. But all this is true. Allow yourself to realize it's true. If you had a hijackal parent, you were emotionally abused. I know it's hard to say. Nobody wants to say that. Nobody wants to say that because it makes you feel like, well, what was wrong with me? Or why didn't I stand up to it? Or why didn't I know better? No, none of that is accurate. The actual fact is that you simply got dealt a parent who didn't have the capacity or willingness to love. And nothing to do with you. Nothing. I think you're getting that, right? So here's a few more. They blame you for everything. They blame you for their bad mood. They blame you for bad weather. They blame you for bad behavior. They blame you because they don't have as much money as they want. They blame you that they drink. They blame you for everything. And it's so familiar that you go out and you find yourself a hijackal partner who blames you for everything. And once you start to see those patterns, you can change them. You can change them. It's not easy. It's not simple either. But you can change them. And that's the really good news. Because as you are seeing all of these things that I'm talking about today, you know, you begin to recognize what they are. These big red flags that say, I had an emotionally abusive parent. And they were doing them. They were not able to help me. So I need to learn more about that. And here's another thing that emotionally abusive parents do. They get way, way, way intrusive into your business. They want to know things that they should never know. They want to know things, especially when you're an adult, they become very invasive and intrusive. And then they say, well, if you loved me, you'd tell me I'm your parent after all. But they get way into your business or they couldn't care less. Or they vacillate between getting way into your business and not caring less just to keep you on edge. 
get a parent like that, overly involved or overly absorbed in themselves, overly involved in your life, overly absorbed by their own needs and wants, emotionally abusive. That's what they're going to give you, abuse. Okay, number 10. They live in your adult head long after they're gone, and they make you second-guess yourself. You find yourself, an adult with 23 children, still going, oh, what would my mother think if she knew I thought that? Oh, my father would think I was such a loser if I shared that idea. They're still in your head. (laughs) And you're judging yourself by their voice that's still in their head. And that's a big key moment for you to say, just a minute, what do I think of me? Because I make up my own life. I no longer let other people make my life up for me, or I no longer live up to the values and expectations of others. I do not. I am a fully functioning adult, and I say no to that. Great. Or those people in your head you might replace them with a spouse like them. And that's a sign that you had an emotionally abusive parent because now you're with an emotionally abusive spouse. And you attract people who treat you the same way that feels familiar. You may hate it, but psychologically it feels familiar. And so you think, well, this is all I deserve, or this is this is my life, or this is how it goes for me. No, you deserve so much more. So see it so clearly that if you're in a toxic relationship now, check it out. Did I have a toxic parent? Is this toxicity somehow familiar to me? And the last one I want to share with you that shows that you have an emotionally abusive parent somewhere lurking is you take care of your partner's feelings and you think it's your job because your parent needed you to consider them first. Now, sure, it's healthy to care about the feelings of others. We don't go around hurting people on purpose unless we're a hijackal. But if you have really gone overboard in putting everybody else first and always putting yourself last or trying to second guess and anticipate the feelings of a partner or anticipate the feelings of a parent, then you know that you're in an unbalanced relationship. And you know from episode 115, the must-haves of a healthy adult relationship are equality, reciprocity, and mutuality, and you deserve to have that equality in the relationship once you're an adult with your parents. Now, sure, they'll always be older than you, and they'll have more experience than you, but to treat each other with respect, to be as interested in one another's ideas, to explore new parts of the relationship, that's all great. But emotionally abusive parents see that as a threat, and they won't be doing that. So do you see how there are implications for the relationship that you're currently in that can come from really early training into how to keep a hijackal happy when you had an undeveloped brain before the age of six? It's in there. 
And you run on those programs. And until you you see these things like we're talking about today, or you come and work with me or someone else, or you watch a bunch of videos and you begin to say, ah, that happened to me. And that too. You say, ah, there's a pattern here. You know, so come on over to beaclient.com if you want to talk with me. Go to emergingempower.com if you want to learn more about the work. Support the work by going to patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. It keeps the podcast running, dealing with all the web things and uploadings and all that has to happen. You can make a one-time donation or a small monthly donation, and it will do all the work for you at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Now, I hope you're having a good think about, have I excused my parents? Have I made excuses for my parents? Have I accepted my parents' view of myself as being truth? Because hijackal parents cannot see who you are. They can only see what they want from you. And it's hard and it hurts, but it's part of the growth of becoming a healthy human. And I hope that you will do it. Until we meet again, treat yourself very well. Know that self-care is not selfish. And treat yourself as you are the precious being you are. And we will talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.